Hello, Matt. Hello, it is, Darren. It is November 5th, 2023 at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, we finally finished messing with all of our settings. Uh, welcome, everybody else. Uh, this is this is the Pause and Reflect podcast for the time being. Uh, we're currently thinking of different names because we we did our research after we posted the first <laughs> one and saw, let's see, how many did we see? I don't know. There was at least seven or eight different ones out there um, with the Pause and Reflect like main title mm-hmm. uh, and then most of them had some sort of subtitle as well but uh, we figured we should change it so we can stand out a little bit more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to just say that really quick we're still working on our audio quality we just spent a very long time <laughs> fixing our audio stuff so we ask that everybody uh, uh, just be patient we'll get better eventually we promise but yeah, we're also thinking of a different name for the podcast just because there are so many out there that have the same name. So uh, if anybody has any thoughts or ideas, uh, Matt and I are bouncing some off of each other here every once in a while. But we also work for full-time jobs, <laughs> full-time jobs that uh, our brain power is a little little lacking. I'll, I'll say my brain power. I won't say anything about yours because... <laughs> Well, you know. I I generally tend to be the, uh, I'm generally not a very creative person when it comes to names. Uh, my yeah, that's my cat point. yeah my cat's name was Buddy because I kept calling I call everybody Buddy <laughs> at work and I couldn't think of anything else. So if that tells you the quality of my naming skills, um, yeah. So at the moment, uh, Nibbles and Bits is our mm-hmm. front runner, I guess if you'll say that call it that. Uh, there's only one other podcast that I found, at least on Apple Podcasts, and they're a food uh, podcast, so I think we'll stand out a little bit better. But if there are any other names that you guys um, that, that you find fit better or are just maybe a little bit wittier or silly, or you know, we'll take any suggestions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll get there eventually. It's not like, it, sure, we would love to like just do this as our main thing never have to work again although maybe like one or two days a week would be nice keep the vet tech mm-hmm. skills alive yeah with one or two days we want to be famous maybe i don't know that sounds like a lot of work a lot of pressure. yeah i think it's a lot more work not doing anything than it is doing something <laughs> truly truly uh well matt today we're talking about uh vet tech specialties or veterinary technician specialties uh, VTS for short. Um, sometimes we'll see some of those friends with. I actually work with one of those people that has a VTS after their CVT. Oh snap! Well, really? Yeah. Who's that? Uh, so Amy, she's our um, she's a dental technician specialist. Oh, I did not know that. Um, I know. She, yeah, she's pretty awesome. I know you have specific. I forget her name right now, but mm-hmm. the doctor is a de- she's, she's a yes. dental specialty. What was her name again? Uh, Doctor Marin. So she actually is not a permanent fixture of the hospital anymore. Oh. Um, she is just doing dentistry now, which is it's honestly kind of awesome. Okay. Um, I mean, she's at our clinic every week doing stuff for specialty. But now, so she's so she's like she's a boarded dentist um, in uh, companion animals, and now and also equine. So she's got a lot of initials after her name. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, I used to be her main equine person. Because okay. nobody else wanted to. And also, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I don't... I like equine stuff. Uh-huh. 
but I don't know if I could do that as like my main thing. Yeah, you really gotta, you really gotta like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Amy's the vet tech specialist. Um, she's taught me a lot with x-rays, cleaning, polishing, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my x-ray game has gotten really good. Nice. Um, I'm able, so we're able to do dentistry, uh, cleaning, polishing, x-ray, and the technician part of the exam in, I can do it in like 45, 50 minutes. Nice. Both sides. Nice. Uh, she's amazing. I love her. Um, but being a VTS has a lot to offer, which is kind of nice to know. Um, there's more than just like the dental VTS. There's like, I guess, critical care VTS. Um, you have a nice little list there. I should probably yeah. pull up my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can think of any any area of veterinary technology or just veterinary medicine in general, I feel like there's a specialty there, whether, you know, the the fully approved or official versus unapproved, unofficial. Yeah, there there have been a few more that have come out in the last few years that didn't used to exist. There was kind of like the main core of, you know, like internal medicine, emergency, those types of things. But as the demand has gotten higher, they've introduced more veterinary specialties. Um, at the moment, there are... I'm not going to count these. At the moment, <laughs> there are um, several that are approved by uh, NAVTA, um, uh, which is one of those organizations that I mentioned back in the first episode, if you want to go back and review that. But they're one of the governing boards on um, credentialing and, and just guidelines on what we can and can't do and stuff. Um, and they actually have a list of approved um, specialties here, and those include the emergency and critical care, the dental, uh, the dentistry, internal medicine, uh, anesthesia, and analgesia. Uh, it actually did used to just be anesthesia, I believe. I, they think they added on that Ooh. the analgesia part, um, which is kind of nice. Um, zoological medicine, uh, clinical practice, clinical pathology, which is kind of like the laboratory side of it. So. Looking under the microscope at blood samples, you know, fecal samples, cytology, things like that. Um, just identifying uh, microorganisms uh, or, I guess, just microscopic abnormalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the veterinary nutrition, um, veterinary surgical, um, veterinary behavior, and the equine veterinary nursing. Those mm-hmm. ones have approved academies that you can go to and you'll be recognized and and good to go at the uh, right now um, the next few are technically not uh, recognized by NAFTA as um, actual specialties yet they are in the I guess probation period mm-hmm. uh, and those would be the laboratory um, animal uh, area mm-hmm. um, veterinary ophthalmology dermatology uh, physical rehab and my personal interest the diagnostic imaging and that's uh, x-rays, fluoroscopy, ultrasound, CT, uh, those types of things. Um, so I'm very excited that they're in the process of getting that one uh, recognized. I didn't know you had an interest in, in VTSing and imaging. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Matt. Yeah, one of my favorite things learning in school, and this was back in my day when... <laughs> When we what still, year was that? When we still had film, uh, <laughs> you know, it, we learned actually 
I think we got rid of the actual film the year after I left. So you guys learned on just digital, right? Nope. We still oh, did you still film. had the film? Okay. We still did the so Yeah, we had the, the dunk tank sale. So a quick lesson in film processing. In uh, radiology specifically, we have these special cassettes that the film sits in. And um, the lining of these cassettes have um, a radiolucent material. So when exposed to radiation it uh, glows um, and that reacts with the materials on the film um, which are photosensitive which is why you have to have the dark room um, and all that. So when you take an x-ray the radiation goes through the tissues and some of the tissues will block some of the radiation which will end up translating into um, essentially blank spaces on the uh, film once it's processed because um, as the radiation hits the cassette the cassette will glow and then the film itself which is coated with a special um, mixture of silver and some other chemicals that reacts to the light and then when you actually put it through the chemicals um, it hardens that silver and then the um, rest of it actually just gets washed off and very uh, various amounts of of shading, so you get you get the the different densities of like soft tissue versus bone. So bone, for the most part, is going to be completely empty. So when you look in, when you actually look at the X-ray, it's going to be just a blank space on the film. And uh, I thought that whole process was just fascinating. Kind of ever since then, I've been really fascinated with um, radiology specifically, I guess, and. Uh, but the other areas are pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I love radiology. Uh, ultrasound is pretty cool. I I know what to look for when I'm looking for a bladder, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, I've never tried looking at like a chest or anything. Yeah. Not that we look at chests as vet techs, mm-hmm. anyways, because we're because we're t- we're able to do like the cystocentesis. Yeah. But as far as like. Looking at things that yeah, that's about as I've far as we go. I've gotten more interested in ultrasound as I've seen it more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at my original practice that I was that I worked at in Lake Havasu, um, the doctor did the ultrasounds herself mostly. We did end up uh, calling in a uh, an ultrasonographer to to look at stuff, um, but for some reason I didn't really ever pay that much attention like I was just mainly focused on restraining the animal or you know doing other things mm-hmm. that she needed during the exam but since we've had uh, Dr. Kim Radway here in, in our area mm-hmm. she brings her own tech so I'm free to actually watch the the screen and, mm-hmm. and other things and just as I've gotten into doing more cystos and stuff I find it interesting that's awesome I'd, it's definitely an interesting area because you're literally taking a look on the inside mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, what we can see, comparing that with the exam and yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty crazy what technology can do. I mean, yeah. So the specialties, um, there's there's a bit of a process to actually get into specialty. I feel like there's different. When I was looking at the at the requirements, I think each academy has different requirements for. The, like how much CE you need, how much, you know, experience you need, how many years you need to be certified. 
Um, but what I found for like basic, the general path to being a specialist, um, I found on vettechcolleges.com. It seems to be a pretty accurate statement of what that is. Um, so first and foremost, you have to graduate from high school or get your GED. Because otherwise, how can you get into an accredited program? <laughs> That's the other part is that you have to be, um, you have to graduate from an, an accredited degree program in the vet, veterinary technology or related field. Um, so depending on what program you go to, I know CMC was two to three years. Um, I don't know if others are two to four, but, um, you know, then you have to pass your exam, the VTNE, um, and then... After that, you have to get your credentialing, so your CVT, RVT, LVT. Um, and then kind of the biggest step is that, step five, according to this list, um, you're gaining experience in that specialty and apply to a NAVTA recognized academy uh, for the certification. Um, so what that looks like is you have to complete the application with work experience, um, including that proof of 1,000 to 10,000 hours of experience in that specialty area. Fortunately, they did the math for us, kind of like I did in the first episode. Uh, so 10,000 hours ends up being about five years, is mm -hmm. what they're saying is the minimum um, in terms of just basic work experience, not necessarily... Um, yeah, not necessarily in, in that the, specialty. Yeah, in that specialty, which I guess wouldn't hurt if you just start off right in that specialty that'll right. that'll help you i guess but yeah but yeah isn't there a song that's like 10,000 hours or there's a saying that's like 10,000 hours to yeah it's a, there's a song from rent that says something to do with i don't know what this actual song is but i know it's from mm -hmm. rent i don't listen to a lot of music anymore no <laughs> no so. uh, primarily podcasts or silence oh. on the way to work Okay. <laughs> or silence on the way to work. You know, to thinking about that existential dread. Yeah. I don't actually do that, but it, it's a funny story. <laughs> um, back on track, though, you have to have a copy of your RVT, CBT, or LVT credentials. 40-plus um, hours of continuing education related to that specialization. So different than the work experience. Which, that's kind of a lot. Yeah. The, the 40 hours. Yeah. But, so to put that in perspective, um, I don't remember if we mentioned it previously, but for, for technicians, we have to have 20 hours every two years. Mm -hmm. um, and there there's some sp uh, specifications on what we need to have in those 20 hours, mm -hmm. but generally it's just kind of 20, 20 hours overall. But so if you are wanting to be, a, you know, in a specialty, you have to have 40 hours uh, if you want to be in a specialty, mm -hmm. which that's the same level of, that doctors need. Uh, you know, veterinarians need 40 hours every two years. So mm -hmm. it's a, a lot of conferences, a lot of online articles. That's like double the CE that you need as a current technician. Didn't I have to tell you when you when I first started working with you that you needed 20, not 10? Yeah, because I swear, <laughs> I swear, I swear, back in my day, <laughs> it was originally, even like, even trying to remember it, it sounds wrong. <laughs> so I was probably just an idiot and thought, oh yeah, 10 no. hours is good. No. Which is weird because I've 
Yeah, well, for legal I, reasons, we're cu- we'll cut all this out. But <laughs> like, why would why would I have thought that? Because because I know it, in your first year, if you got credentialed on it, I think it's an odd year. Maybe that's then what I was thinking. You only had one year to get your CE. Yeah. So their ex- the exception was you only had to do half of the CE since you kind of got yeah. certified in a weird time. Yeah, but I I recertified. Twice by the time mm-hmm. I met you. <laughs> I know that there's times. there's um I don't know. Yeah. I will say I really enjoy going to the spring conferences because I feel like they have a lot of really interesting information that and it allows for more like discussion because mm-hmm. you're in a bigger setting and you get to talk to people from around the state. I've reconnected with a lot of my classmates that had like gone off to different parts of Colorado mm-hmm. and it's really nice because there's sometimes we get to stay in really nice hotels that have like and you get like two free drinks which is kind of nice because you're an adult man COVID screwed that up so bad like I remember going to like the CE things from like mm-hmm. the different um, vendors and stuff and they'd always have a free you know drink coupons mm-hmm. yeah those were the, I, old days. the one that you and I, I can't remember what it was, but we went to, was it Palisade? It, yeah. It was at a yeah, vineyard. At the, yeah, the winery in Palisade, yeah. And mm-hmm. they didn't even offer us wine. I was upsetting spaghetti. No. Totally upset. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was still nice. It was a good information on diets and stuff, but... <laughs> I say I'm a wino. I don't actually drink that much anymore mm-hmm. because um, I'm getting older, and that hurts. <laughs> that stuff hurts. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Squirrel. Where do we leave off? The 40 hours, I think? Yeah. So that 40 hours of CE, um, and then you have to have a letter or letters of recommendation, um, a skills assessment signed by a supervisor, um, case logs, detailed case studies. And I think the case logs, case studies depend, and I think even the letters depend on what specialty or academy yeah, you're Yeah, I was about to, to say, each specialty has their own specific, more specific requirements. Mm-hmm. These are sort of like just the generaliza- the generalized ones. So uh, some of them need, as he mentioned, as he said, letter or letters. Um, some need uh, up to three different letters of recommendation, one from mm-hmm. a supervisor, one from, a, uh, I think, a fellow technician, and then one from a, a, a veterinary technician specialist. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if anybody out there who's listening to this is thinking about um, going into any of these, just uh, make sure to uh, look up the requirements because they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be different based on the area you're interested in. Exactly. And I think maybe there's, we might need to put a disclaimer that this is specifically for, I think, well, I guess not just Colorado. Because yeah, this is from yeah, the NAVTA. Because this is from NAVTA, which right, is right, the right, National right. Association. Yeah, you'll have to look up what is specific for each state because that's a lot of research because yeah. each state is different. Well, I don't know if each state requires something different for the specialty because I think that's because that's a national recognized position right. or special like title. Right, but I think maybe just for like the different academies. And yeah, such. yeah, for the different state by state. Yeah, correct. Yeah, the different academies and then. Anyway, so yeah, those case studies, the d- the case logs, um, you do have to have a passing score on a specialized exam, um, and I guess there's an application fee and an exam fee associated with all of that. So, gotta make sure you have the money, honey. Yeah. And I, I imagine that those fees 
do have a different yes yeah, so when I was looking at it earlier their art actually do I have it pulled up yes yeah, so and then the fees are also going to depend uh, or differ depending on um, which which one you you go into for example I mean just looking at this right right here the anesthesia uh, one the application is 60 bucks and the exam is 150 as opposed to a, a clinical practice uh, veterinary technician um, there's a $50 application fee, a $210 exam fee, Ouch. a 300 to 325 uh, symposium fee, which is, yeah, which is where the, apparently it's just a fee to get into the area where the exam is administered, and then $50 worth of annual dues. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, make sure to, to check those out. And checking with your practice to be sure yeah. if you're, if they'll cover that because, you have to be an RVT, CVT, LVT to work there, mm -hmm. and to continue to do your work, you have to pay, you know, pay those dues and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I Which I didn't read works? that before, and so yeah, that was <laughs> blew me away on how expensive that one is. And I mean, uh, I guess it makes sense too. Yeah, because it is it's I a mean, specialized that is the clinical area. clinical. It's probably the most. Yeah, that's comprehensive. Seems... Well, I guess more more wide, uh, broad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a broad, broad spectrum. Yeah. Kind of thing. Broad scoped, um, specialty as opposed to like you know, dentistry or only working. Right. Which dentistry is also, I guess, a whole other mm -hmm. beast. Which I mean, upsides in most general practices, I think dentistry mm -hmm. is a big part of the day in most most cases, because. Mm -hmm. Like humans, mm -hmm. animals need dental work, and yeah, and then same thing goes for like uh, the the case logs. Some mm -hmm. require um, a lot more uh, than than others. The equine um, specialty is you, they want at least fifty to seventy five cases. Um, Good lord! Yeah, as opposed to like the 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 um, diagnostic imaging, they just say mm -hmm. forty five to fifty cases. Gotcha. You know, it's kind of cool that doing this, I'm I'm learning stuff. I had thought about becoming an anesthesia technician specialist. Okay. But then I realized I did not, you know, towards the end of my schooling, I was like, this is the last bit of school I ever want to do. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a hard time because I can't sit still. Because mm -hmm. if I sit still, then I fall asleep. No matter how interesting or you know how much I like yeah. that subject I have a very hard time staying awake and maybe that's just me getting older I have no idea if I'm being totally honest but yeah it's it's been kind of cool looking through all this stuff because you know I thought about being an anesthesia technician um, and then I've also thought about um, the clinical pathology because I love looking at that stuff Yeah, uh, you can see some pretty interesting things from time to time, um, even if things that aren't necessarily like common to your your area of practice. Every now and then, you'll you'll find some interesting things. To... I feel like most people who want to go specialize in something kind of know what they want to specialize in, what the added benefit is. Mm -hmm. But I guess in general. The added benefit of being a VTS or having a VTS on your team is that 
you have that extra bit of knowledge. I mean, our specialist at the clinic I work at has taught me so much and I have improved significantly from when I just, you know, graduated with having the basic understanding. So the field of veterinary technician specialists uh, is always expanding. So if none of the ones that we talked about um, earlier interest you, there are a few down at the very bottom that they're considering subfields that are sort of a little bit outside of what the um, probational um, specialties are. They're sort of working their way up to becoming a specialty. So there is the avian um, specialty, uh, marine and aquatic, and a rehab um, vet tech specialty. So uh, I, we can get more information on those as they come out, but it seems like there are people out there um, working and getting those, um, those uh, what are they called? Specialties? No. Oh, accreditation? No. Approval? No. Uh, not facilities, the other, the other word. Oh, academies. Yes. So there are <laughs> people out there working on getting those academies going. Mm -hmm. That Honestly, so the, the rehab one, I didn't realize wasn't, you know, for vet techs in particular, I didn't realize that you could have a, you know, specific physical therapy rehab technician. Mm -hmm. um, I've been seeing a lot just practicing, mm -hmm. seeing a lot more, rehab veterinarians mm -hmm. popping up um, we have one that comes to our clinic once a week from the front range or once a month excuse me um, and I've seen a lot of she does really good work nice. and you know she does the acupuncture she does mm -hmm. um, uh, chiropractic um, and that kind of stuff and that that's honestly been a really amazing development in the veterinary field because it's like you know, we're always looking, not us in particular, but I feel like clients are always looking for alternative ways to treat pain, arthritis, that sort of thing. Um, and I feel that the rehab, just like in humans, it's a good way to help, you know, provide the best pain relief for our little fur friends as possible. So that, I, that would honestly be really cool to be a vet tech specialist in animal rehabilitation. Yeah, and that's actually something... Another area of interest of mine, um, mainly I think I just did a, one of our projects in school, we had a, we had to submit like a brochure on an alternative medicine type of thing or something. Mm -hmm. And mine was like the underwater treadmill for, for yes. dogs who are having trouble walking. And that fascinated me. Um, and yeah, we, I'm trying to remember if we have one and we used to have a lady who I don't yeah, we used to have a lady in the Glenwood Springs area mm -hmm. that did animal rehab. I believe she's moved on I think and she is somewhere else. Yeah. I don't remember if she retired or is just no longer in the area. So it's a little bit of a bummer. We used to refer people there all the mm -hmm. time. There's um, one in Willits. There's a rehab center in Willits. Okay. So that's um, good to know. I think they do underwater treadmill. Okay. Um, I'm not fully familiar with yeah. them. But that's definitely just a great option for people to explore. I would encourage it. Because um, nobody wants to take meds. Nobody likes it. Animals don't like it. Um, Unless I it's mean, the flavored ones. Yeah. But even then, sometimes, regardless. Yeah, it can be tricky. And, I mean, sort of as the, the position implies, you know, if you can get 
if you can get the body to heal itself mm -hmm. or better, you know, improve itself, um, rather than take a bunch of medications that potentially have all these side effects, mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely better than, um, than I guess going through, yeah, better than taking all those meds and it not working or like I said, those side effects, if they do end up manifesting. Or they start getting used to the medications. So we have to yeah up the dose. But. Yeah. And not that, Rehab was probably going to be cheap anyway, but yeah. you know you're spending be a cure all. Yeah, and you know you might reach a point to where you, um, you know, they won't need to go as often as they get better as they improve, as opposed to if they're just on medications, you know, specifically for like osteoarthritis pain, you know, that's just essentially a lifelong thing. But if we can help them in other ways rather than being on medications, especially in the whole opioid crisis, um, just not having those medications floating around. And not better. to say that you can have just rehab and that's all you need, because um, I know you do have to use medications yeah. with it, but generally I want to I infer that you take less, like there's less medications involved, mm -hmm. slash less high doses. Um, and you know, there's a point there that you do have to have medications on board because it's just a lot of times it is just keeping them comfortable mm -hmm. until our last last days so thank you for uh, listening to us today talk about the different specialties that there are out there and and kind of the basics on how to become one if you're interested yeah but thank you guys for listening um we'll keep working on a on a name we're still yeah. tossing that around and we appreciate we appreciate we appreciate y'all listening in um we will be back in an, an determined amount of time <laughs> we're still we're still very early in the podcast so it's going to take some time to figure out our schedule and our format and all that good stuff so yeah. if you guys have any thoughts questions concerns nasty criticisms yeah please please leave, leave a comment for us um where where you can uh, and and rate our podcast i guess that's what everybody says yeah. now so like and a, subscribe yeah <laughs> give it a rating um <laughs> that'll help it out a lot mm -hmm. just to just to get it out there mm -hmm. so. you don't have to but we we would really love it if yeah. you would um mm -hmm. leave comments let us know send us text messages if you know us personally yeah yeah and, we uh, and i do appreciate the the people that have um i've gotten text or talk to a few few people close to me that that have listened to the podcast so so shout out to you guys thank you mm -hmm. and um yeah appreciate any any more feedback that you give yeah all right well thank you guys and we will see you all later a quick update we had a case recently where a dog ate a bunch of um plant fertilizer and they came in and was wondering what to do and we had mentioned the poison um, control hotline and uh, they had microchips and so I called the company and apparently the home again um, I guess contract they did not renew that with the uh, ASPCA pet poison hotline so unfortunately if you do have a microchip current registration that um, that fee is no longer waived. So it seems like no matter what, there's going to be that um, 
consultation fee. So just a uh, heads up.